Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to African Brand Academy Podcast, your top number one African podcast on brand development and digital transformation, giving you insight and effective strategies to grow, scale, and promote your brand. Here are your hosts, Sharon Afrik and Ejiro Akbobome. Hey guys, good day and welcome again to the Africa Brand Academy podcast. My name is Sharon Alfred and I'm glad to be your host today. In our first episode, we were able to establish core components of a brand and the starting quadrant. Today, I'll be talking with Ejiro Apobome about the other components that make up the brand after being able to define the first quadrant. And it's going to be a long talk today, trust me, because we're just going on and on and on. There's so much to be learned, there's so much value to take away. So grab your pen, grab your paper, analyze your business, follow through, and let's see what's going to come out of this. For those who don't know Ejiro, Ejiro Apobome is a passionate entrepreneur and a business enthusiast. The founder of Simply Branded and Bedu Plus, the author of best-selling a book titled In Between the Lines, Critical Thinking in Business. Find the link to the book in the description below. He's a certified inbound and digital marketer, a brand developer, business consultant, coach, and mentor to many. AG Rowe is recognized largely as a public speaker on entrepreneurship, value creation, brand sustainability, and storytelling. He has helped a large number of businesses scale from micro to macro within and outside Nigeria with his simple approach to solving complex business problems. Ejiro Apobeme, the 21st century business strategist. Welcome, Ejiro. How are you doing today? I'm good. <laughs> Oh, oh, you has Abuja. Abuja is left us in Portakot. Okay, that's right. <laughs> so, um, to start the show, last episode you mentioned about brand quadrant. Maybe you made that up, or it's something you've been working with for a while. So yeah, you mentioned yeah. about the brand starting quadrant, where every brand turns up from uh, four things, which is the, the purpose, the mission, the vision, and the objectives. And even though we spoke about the different objectives and goals, we spoke about the different in the mission and the vision. So if you've not listened to that episode, go back and listen to it to get to understand where we are at now. So I want you to recap a bit on that. I'll just do an overview. Now, when it, when it comes to core components of a brand, yeah, no brand exists without a vision. I think that's the first thing, a vision. Right. Visions basically are things that you can never achieve. If you think you can achieve your vision, then you don't have a vision. So your vision basically keeps you running. So your mission, they're like plans. They're like means to get into that vision. Then we have your purpose. The purpose has to do with why are you even there? But why do you have to be an entrepreneur? Why do you have to be a business person? Now, those mm. are the purpose. I can't narrow the purpose down to one thing because Everybody is a subject individual. So you have your own reservations to why you want to do this or why you want okay. to do that. There are people who tell you, I don't want to sell anything. I just want to live. have a business that's called a lifestyle kind of. I'm right. selling myself as a person. I am the product. I'm not selling any good stuff. Now, there are people like that. Why do they do that? Probably I just have fun for fashion. I have things like that. And yeah, they just converted it to finance and stuff. So the purpose is there. Then the objectives has to be narrowed down to the benefit of whoever you're bringing into the market. Because if I have an objective, my objective should not be pointing towards me. It should be pointing towards you. It should point towards others, not towards yourself. So if I have an objective, my objective should be to improve on that thing, not me. It's external mm. to you. Objectives are external to the organization, mm. not internal. Purpose is internal. Vision is internal. Mission can be internal or external. But your objectives only external. It goes out. 
pull out. So mm. once you have this quadrant in place and these things are there, then definitely you are good to go. And this is not something you should actually do in worry. You should actually take your time. The problem with this level of business structure is a lot of persons get very, very rational or subjective because they mm-hmm. place a lot of I, 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 I sub realities. And at the end of the day, they just mumble the whole thing up and just patch and cut together and just get started. But if you mm-hmm. take yourself from the equation, like what I often tell people, when you start your business, start it with the idea that you're going to retire from this business in the next 10 years or mm-hmm. someone should be in charge. So if you have that mind in place so you think of the concept of the next person that's going to be in charge what will that Mm. person do and how can that person manage it okay so in that context you'll be able to stay very objective in your planning or your thing grow to a point in your business where you no longer have to be present basically Mm -hmm. so for things to happen and then you're good to go so if you have that mindset easy for you to structure your vision mission purpose objective objectively and align it a business is not a one-man show it's not a parade it's a community thing whereas i will post that's how we go online that's what we want to market because it's for the community it's not for you so if it's yeah. for the community then you have to think like that it's not one more thing so think community don't think individual it saves you a lot of stress when it comes to understand core components mm. and how to structure it to very viable whatever you want to do so the next question i was supposed to ask you was being that this component in the quadrant is necessary to all other components because we only spoke about four the four quadrants last episode what are some other components a brand must have and the next question is going to be how can this component be used to generate the rest question is a bit dicey all right it's, it's dicey it's a very relative question there are core things there are basic things that every brand should have but then there's still this i'll call it a thin line because of industry difference because of the difference in the person handling the best geographical location and all other external factors mm. however every brand is expected to have a message yeah think of your business like a letter if i send you an email and you open the email to see it empty. I'm going to flag you as spam. I will not want to get messages from you anymore. So you need to have a message to tell me. Now, the whole concept of having a message is communication. I talk to you. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying. So yeah. If I'm talking to you and you're not understanding, there's already a problem with this. Every brand is supposed to have a way it is recognized. Talking about the identity. Every brand is supposed to have a unique presentation. Talking about presentation now, I should be able to know. If I take Glow and I take Etisalat and I place the both of them side by side, just the colors, not the logo. The green is different. If you take the red of Coca-Cola and you take the red of KFC, you can tell the difference. But for the fact that they are doing a deliberate marketing structure Mm. by creating an experience for their target audience. Now, this is experience now. An experience for their target audience, right? Their target yeah. audience is able to recognize them. I cannot be for everybody. I know I know my audience. I know those I talk to. I know those that are listening to. Me. I know those who are applying this is I'm saying. So I know what I've been doing to tell them that this is what you have to do. So when they see my brand out there, they know how to interact. Talking about market positioning, that's what we're not talking about. Understanding your competition, understanding your own capacity, understanding your customers' need, and knowing exactly where to place yourself. That's because market, you cannot talk about market positioning without talking about customers' needs. I'm talking about your competitors. Now, this is the mistake so many entrepreneurs make. They talk about market positioning just from their standpoint. We're going yeah. to go to this location. We'll put this in place. <laughs> we'll set this, this thing. We'll do this marketing. We'll put this strategy. Uncle, mm. calm down. Relax. Do you know who is currently in that space? I sure. Do you know what the people right there are needing right now? So the whole idea yeah. is know the competitors are there currently. Then you look for a spot to place yourself 
right in your center and plant yourself there. It's as basic as that. That's how you position yourself in the market. When you're planting yourself, there are several ways you can do this. You can do it in terms of, in terms of quality, you can do it in terms of quantity, whatever you're using. That's why we're not talking about market penetration. When you want to invade a new market, you just have to reduce the price, but you offer a very high quality. Now, that takes me to the next one, which we'll talk, we'll talk about, which is the presence. Now, your presence in the market. Do you mm. plan to be in the market for a short period of time or want to be in the market as a legacy? Mm. That would be totally up to you to do. Now, if you want to be in the market for a short period of time, it's fine. Just do what you have to do. Make your instant cash. You move out. Nobody's going to fight you about it. But if you want to be in the market as a legacy, you're going to face a lot of opposition because you're not the first to come to the market. More people are coming in every single day. So all of the things we've been talking about from the first episode, we'll talk about the core values, the vision, mission, the message, identity, the organization, experience, and all of it. You have to consistently apply them every single time. And in consistently applying it, don't do it as a routine. Mm. I think that's where there's a problem. You do it as a routine. No, do it innovative. Because if you are doing it innovatively, you'll be taking note of changes. Yeah. And you'll be taking note of how to amend them. I wrote something some time ago. I jotted it down and I said something. You cannot actually control change. Like we cannot, we cannot stop change from happening. But we can control the effects of change. Change is going to happen. Whether we like it or we don't like it, whether we're expecting it or we're not expecting it. It's like a child that's growing up. Remember the, the biosocial concept I was explaining? It's like a child yeah. that's growing up. You have no idea that one day you're going to eat puberty. You don't even know when it's going to start, but it's going to happen. So when it happens, what will you do if you're not informed about it? The same thing with business. So if you're looking at a long-term thing, it's not a routine. So you have to do it based on the fact that change is going to come. You don't know the change that's coming, but that's why you have to do something we call social listening. Social listening is the act of you paying attention to what's going on in the market, paying attention to what people are saying, paying attention to what's happening around your industry. Because if you can do that, you'll be able to create an analysis. If this is happening at this time, that means in the next social and so this could be happening. Now, there is no message without a story. Mm, okay. So for me, a story is embedded in the message. So if you are trying to separate it, you are giving yourself a major problem. There is no way as a business person, you are giving me a message. And I don't even know where the story is. Okay, I'm going to use a case study. Let me use Coca-Cola, for example. I love because I've been studying them for a while. How do you transitive? Coca-Cola's um, brand message is the same thing with their tagline, which is happiness in a bottle, right? Mm. And their message is as simple as possible. Anywhere you're going to, anywhere, any, any occasion you find yourself, any celebration you find yourself, their product has to be there to grant you happy because their presence brings happiness. Mm. You understand? Now, yeah. the message I'm giving you is consume Coca-Cola product and mm. be happy. So if you are talking about a story or you're talking about a message, what is a message without a story? That is not their story now. It's the <laughs> summary of it. There was a project I was working on recently. It's an interior decoration company. Mm -hmm. I developed their brand identity. Now, they already have a name. They already got a name for themselves. Okay. But then we did a review and for some reason the name could not be changed because of how it has already gone into the market. So we had to fine-tune edges and just shaping some few things together to get the story right. What is the message we were trying to push out? The message was, pieces made beautiful. That was the message I developed. There's a whole story in that message. Yes. I want to explain the story for you now. It said, pieces made beautiful. Now, the story behind it is, if I am into building or architecture or interior design as a company, mm. right? I don't just jump into getting this thing. What, whatever I use, there are pieces. Mm. The sand, the stone, the wood, the nail, 
they are fragments of something mm. but i have the capacity to put them together right in yeah. order for me to make something this beautiful for you this beautiful apartment this beautiful interior design looking at how a furniture is made you see how they bring out foams and glues and stones and so many things and all sewing and all thread oh yeah when they are done with it with the sofa you're like wow you understand but then the pieces they've been able to put together is what they've used in making this thing beautiful so it's pieces made beautiful okay that is what you can that's what you can put out you cannot start telling people all of this story i just mentioned the story there is what messaging comes from quite all right yeah you know you see wait first for instance you're doing a marketing strategy yeah for a wine company that has been in existence since 18 since say 1860 something and stuff like that mm-hmm. This story, for me, from experience, what, what happens is I try to dive into why you start. It's like, okay, um, the purpose embedded in the story. I mean, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, the messaging is just one line or two lines from See, depth of story because the message is brought out from the story. Yes. Remember I, when I started? I, I mentioned something. I mm, was like, there is no message without a story. Without a story. Okay. Yeah. So, if you must even give me a message, you have to have a story. The story comes from the purpose, which is why you are even there at all. Which is yeah, yeah, what, what I mentioned earlier. Mm. But then I cannot, because people you are dealing with, your customers are impatient. They don't have the time to listen. They just want results. Yeah, it should be a merge of your story. Whatever I'm giving out as a message, mm. it's an extract. It's like an essence mm. of the entire thing. And okay. for me, the message is a summary. And the summary is as good as the story. If my, if my message is a summary of my story, I remember then in school, they'll give us a comprehension of probably five or six pages. They summarize in one paragraph of five lines. They expect okay. you to give me just that summary and that summary is going to tell me everything that's in the five pages. If a message is not doing that, mm. you already have a problem. If the curiosity of your audience to know exactly the details of, what, of whatever you're doing, that will make them want to read more. But not that that's what you present because your story is equivalent to your message. From my own perspective, eh, I feel like the brand messaging is the voice of the brand, right? Mm-hmm. It must be in the brand message because a brand message without a story or a background, it's, it's vague. Yeah, it is. So, the brand message uh, is just like the brand identity. Like it's the language you use on your website, on social media, in conversation with your customers. The message has to be consistent. So it has yeah. to be consistent no matter the customer you're talking to. Are you saying now that the brand messages are not the same or they are intertwined? They're intertwined. You can't separate it. And you should not. Yeah. Yes, if you try to separate it, you will have a conflict with your brand. The reason why I say so is people receive information differently. Your job yeah. is to ensure everybody receives one message, understand it in their language, but it is the same message. I don't know if you what I just said. But whatever I do as a business, it is my yeah. job to ensure that my story, my message, when it goes out there, everybody receives it right? They understand yeah. it the way they want to understand it. But what yes. I want them to know is what they all know. But if I separate it, yeah. and we have to start explaining to who is mm-hmm. going to understand one way or the other, from the next day that's going to, but mm-hmm. I will not be present because I don't know where you will receive it. So if I will not be present with you the day you yes. receive the message, okay. I should be able to ensure that whatever I'm giving you as a message, which has my story, you understand it exactly how I want you to. Brand differentiation and promise. Promise is like your objective. Right mm. now, brand differentiation is what makes you stand out. How do I know mm. you're this from this? Now, that brings me down to when we talk about your mission, uh, your mission, you will explain how you're gonna get there because mm. in your mission is embedded your values inside your mission. That's where we can 
coin out your value. So when we talk about the brand and what's it called now, differentiation, your value yeah. has a great role to play. Because the only reason why I want to choose you over the other person is a value thing. And value is a like an extract of a perception. It's how I think of it. I hate this person. I'm discriminating this person. I'm, ex I'm exhibiting prejudice towards this person. Not because this person has done me any bad, just because of my values towards this thing or their values towards me. And the value is not even a personality thing. It's a society. Now, it gets critical because as a business person, you guys need to understand, everybody that's into business needs to understand that when it comes to differentiation, your value is not primarily tied to your price. I've seen products that are cheap, but with very high quality. And I've seen products that are expensive, but with very bad quality. So if, if we take the differentiation now, the values have been coined that, then the brand promise comes in. I know that my price is not as expensive as what, what you want as a premium, mm. but I can assure you that even at this level, you're going to get the satisfaction of that premium you're looking for. So it is not attached to price, whatever. Value is embedded in your mission because your mission is like a strategic way of delivering or achieving your vision, achieving your goals or meeting your objectives. Now you're going out all out with it like that. Now you're going out with that idea that, okay, I'm going to get to the market and I'm different from every other person because this is what I stand for. This is what I represent, which is already a, an accumulated uh, concept that you've been able to drive through your brand message so now they are getting the entire concept right so if you make them a promise it becomes easy for them to accept you mm, i think it's the reason they yes, use it it becomes easy because if you try to would i call it kajo or try to create scenarios where you get the clear intent of what mm. you're offering them, it becomes somehow i walk into a supermarket i look for the product mm. i am used to why don't i just want to try out new things I try out new things when I have careless cash. Yeah. Not cash on budget. Mm. Cash on budget goes to the things I trust. And I trust those things because of the values attached to it. The values mm. may be egocentric. The values may be based on, based on price. Whatever it is. Because there are some values that are just egocentric. Not actually price. Society. Mm. Yeah. You cannot really put it on a nail because it has a subjective yeah. reality based on industry, customer preference, mm. and all of those things. But whatever you're doing as a business person, look for mm. the thin line between your customer's needs and your existing competition. Look for the spots to place mm. yourself. Generate the right values you're offering. Like, why are you giving them this? And what do they stand to gain by doing this with mm. you? When you do that, that's a promise to them. And it's going to be easy for them to come in. So the brand differentiation and brand problems work together to help you create customers, retention, and this last one here, brand position and archetype. When it comes to the positioning itself, the first thing you have to think about is there's a market, all right? And archetype basically has to do with patterns, prototypes. So this is already an already existing market. Is there a pattern or a way people mm. receive information? For example, I take my product and I go to a Yoruba speaking community and everything yeah. I'm branding is in English. It's crazy. Like you're just gonna do what you have to do and when you're done, you know, it's like <laughs> So it's important. We want to talk about this market positioning now. It's kind mm. of linked to how you get into a market, either to penetrate the market, an existing market, or you're creating yeah. a new market. You have to understand the pattern that's working before you even okay. think about it. Don't just jump there and be like, let me just do what I like. No. Because positioning is strategic. Very right. strategic. So if you must be strategic about it, every strategy is a plan. And mm. every plan should have a pattern. Yes, yes. If there's no pattern, if the plan works, if the strategy works, you will not mm. be able to replicate it. Yes. <laughs> you will not be able to replicate Because the goal is, I've done this thing. Mm. It works. I should be able to replicate it to work again. 
Yes, yes, yes. So it yes. becomes a model. So the company keeps this as a model that works. One. It's uh, like a test. It's like a scientist in a laboratory. You are working on a test. Once you get a solution to a particular thing, you keep this one as solved. You start another mm. one. Mm. So if I'm going to invade a Canadian market, for example, and I use a particular pattern and it works based on research and all, now I'm going to USA to invade USA market. If that pattern can work here, I should be able to tell based on the fact that the whole market positioning thing has to do with it, with how you are actually placing yourself in the market in between your competitors and your yeah. customers' need, such that you're presenting your mm. value in a way that it can work perfectly. Now, if I'm going to invade a Canadian market, it is very possible, very, very possible that I develop a particular strategy and a plan and I successfully invaded the market and I'm there and it's working. Now, if I'm going to go to the American market to invade it, I mm. should be able to tell based on research and the whole strategy and plan that, okay, this prototype I use in Canada, Canadian market invasion can work here. That is why I said archetype is like, is, can call archetype a prototype or a structure yeah. or a system. So if it's a system and it's, or, a, or a prototype, I can replicate it. Okay. Because you may not necessarily have all the time to keep creating new strategies every time in and out. I call it biosocial concept. Okay. And the reason why I call it that is I, I, I was trying to study some businesses, uh, I think, last three months, and I discovered something that people think of a business like an entity. Okay. We should not be thinking of a business like an entity. We should think of a business like a life, human being. So if it's the life of a human being, every child is born into the world without knowledge of anything, like they're blank. Mm -hmm. They have no idea, they have no name, they have no recognition, nothing at all. Now, that child is born into a family, right? The yeah. family exists in a society, in a community. The community exists in a society, and the society exists in the world. Now, it is expected that that child is going to grow in that family, get a name for him or herself, get a personality, develop his or herself, expand, move into the bigger community, move into the bigger society, known by people from outside your state. Before you talk about the global perspective, so it's, it's supposed to span out like that. You understand? Okay. But whatsoever that child is going to become at the global level, have, okay. it's going to be a fragment of whatever the child was as when the child was given birth to. The right. name, the structure yeah, and everything. The same yeah. thing in business. When we start off a business, basically, it's a life. So if we think of it as a life, the question now is, what name would I like to call this business? Because it's going to be the name for life. They don't consider those things. Now, what kind of personality would I want this particular business to have? If I give birth to a child and I want the child to be decent and responsible, there are things I wouldn't do as mm. a parent. Mm. The same mm. thing for your business. There are things I shouldn't do for my business. I shouldn't yeah. just say, let me just do one small design. There's no such thing as small design. The child goes to school, the environment begins to choke the child. That's where competition comes in. Because mm. when you're in a classroom, probably you're just in a business or family and friends. You do a cake for a particular person, and the cake is not looking nice, but your friend, you shall try. This you try. But when you come into the school system, the competition, you either pass or you fail. So there's more work to do. You have to read, you have to stay up late. Now, these are the things that you do, you research. That's part of the things you should be doing for your business. At every level in, in your life as a child, you experience examinations, you experience tests. Mm. The same thing goes for businesses. There are times with challenge. Now, that's where the difference now comes in between the person who is a businessman and the person who is an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur stays there and makes sure it works. But it's the businessman can just switch mm. to something else that's working. 
and also the reason why they say we should introduce um, business showers, not only baby showers, because like you're bringing something to life. And you know, there are different kind of parents also. You know, the parents that after like three years old, they have left their child to go. But like yeah. you said, they end up stay with the child, make sure it builds to the aspect where it wants it to build to put systems and process around the child before you even give it to a manager whatever to somebody else that doesn't know about the bedrock of that child yeah yeah and the examinations like um covid happened you know you always faced with challenges and roadblocks it's how you're able to get through that part that's what counts more when we talked about the core components of the brand and you were like the purpose the mission the vision objective part how that quadrant how can it help with this concept okay now um, the social system, right? The society mm. itself is designed in such a way that it has rules and regulations. It has expectations from you. You're not expected to just start a business because you like to start a business. Like what some persons say, just have passion. You don't have passion when you're looking for money. So if you must get money out of the society, there are standard mm. procedures that the society has placed yeah. for you to actually be successful at it. So now, if you must do that, you are trying to create a vision that's going to align with the standard operating procedure of the society. You're trying to create a mission that's going to align with it. You're trying to define your purpose that's going to align with it. I cannot choose an American system of operating business in Nigeria. This is my society. Sometimes we create unrealistic visions, unrealistic dreams, unrealistic visions around our business. Thinking global, when we've not even sorted out the immediate area. I did a discussion with someone sometime. I was like, when we start our business, you see someone just start a business and call it probably Adrian International. International what? What have you done? Is the vision it, of the company is going to go international? You don't fate it. This business, I believe in God. I believe in the fact that there's a God factor. But you don't fate this. You call it what it is. You have to be realistic about what you're doing. Okay. If not, it, it will okay. not work. If, you, if you're going to tell me now that you have a vision, how does your vision align with the economic or government policies that's working in your country? Because you, you are in a society. Like I said, when I was explaining the biosocial stuff, every child grows. Mm. The society has expectations. Your parents did not give birth to you to grow in their house. You're supposed to grow and live and okay. expand and take over. You understand? Okay. Now, wherever he has started from, I don't know him personally, but wherever he has started from, he must have been able to build his immediate environment first. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now, from there, he opened up the circle. It's like an onion. When an onion is growing, if you study the growth of an onion, it doesn't start from the first shell we see outside. It starts from the smallest one inside. Now, the first one is there. The next layer comes up. Next layer. If it starts from the first, the biggest layer we see, the inside is empty, so there's no content. Yes, yes, that's true. So he has been able to build his content over time towards that value. Value appreciation. If I am in a society now, we are building mm. up. Yes. We are here now. We are building up. This is what we're doing. A time mm. is going to come years from now. And this same recording that we're putting on as podcast will be a paid show live. And yeah. people are going to pay to attend. It's yeah. as basic as that, but we are building up. He has built up to some extent to start charging at that level. Okay. Now, some yeah. young entrepreneurs or young businesses will see such and just want to eat it without going through the process. You build up. Even yeah. this guy, what's his name? Uh, what's this guy's name? Steve Harris. This guy started carefully. You don't just jump. Like I said, the goal is to become global. Yes. Mm. He's accepted. But the question now is, how many persons have you been able to influence from where you are? Yes, yes. Because the way I learned business here, yeah, I learned business following biblical principles and biblical standards. I read books, yeah, I listen to podcasts, I listen to other people talk, but then I see references back to the Bible because I, I, I feel that's one of the strongest books I've read and it just gives me things to play around with when it comes to business. Solomon, yeah, he yeah. got wealthy, as wealthy as he was, with the context of the fact that he was wise. 
right? Mm-hmm. Now, I was asking myself, as at the time of Solomon, there was no social media. There was no fax machine. There was no phone calls, nothing. So my question was, how did the information spread to people outside? Because his wealth was not developed by him. It was gifts. They came in from outside the country to look for him. Now, who took it out there? It must have been the people in the kingdom that saw what he has done and had gone out. Talk about it. Word of mouth. Is still the strongest nothing. Yes. So now you have not done anything in your local environment. I don't even know you for. They are not even talking about you in your local environment. Like they cannot mention people and mention your name that mm. can do this. Mm. But then you're looking for an international market. How will it get? How are you going to get it? You can't. For example, I was supposed to do a particular project for somebody. I actually know yeah. this person one on one. We've been talking. He met me last two years to talk about the project. And I, that very day he met me, I was a bit busy. Like, I couldn't even stand for up to five minutes to talk to him. So I was like, okay, but see what you're doing. Take my number. Just buzz me. I already get the idea of what you're saying. Just buzz me so we can talk about it. In his concept, he felt like this guy is not someone I think can even do this project for me. Two years passed. Now, he went to see my pastor, and my pastor was like, meet Ejiro. is going to solve your problem for you. Now, he came back, and he said that was a reference. I was like, the only thing that came to my mind was this. If I can be recommended like that, that means there's something about it. Someone is talking about it somewhere. Mm. So give them what to talk about, and it should be a positive experience. Yeah. Well, you're not even yeah. giving them what to talk about. Going back now to the first concept I was trying to explain, the biosocial concept. Mm. The only reason why we make friends in our society, mm. the only reason why we coexist, connect people based on mutual relationship, friends or friends. So I trust mm. you because of this person. That is the same thing with business. This business thing is, it exists all around us. The lesson is all around us. We just don't see it. We live in it every day. We talk in it every day. We walk in it every day. But we just don't see it and we don't apply it. So mm. what we do, we go out looking for one master course. And the funny part is those guys that are giving you those masters, they're not giving it to you at your level. Now, you are taking something that's not for your level and trying to force it into your level, you're going to crash your business. You know, if you talk about uh, market positioning, there's yeah. something called pricing. Now, you yeah. know fully well that your product is not worth a particular thing yet. Because of something or some competition, you take that price and you place it on your product. And now you are confused. You're not getting sales. And not knowing that it's just because of the fact that you're trying to apply something in your business that is not it. Back then in school, economics, they'll tell us about price ceiling. That's the highest mm. point at which you can place your price in the market. I told mm. the person, I said, my goal in business is to defile all economic uh, standards. There's nothing like a price ceiling. That's what I told mm. you. I said, the price ceiling doesn't exist. It's a system that is set by the society to control inflation and deflation. So you're yeah. not overpriced. So there's nothing like price ceiling. So if you can overcome the societal standards, then you can do more and expand into the global market. So when I told him there was no price ceiling, all that exists is value and your presentation of value. It was a bit skeptical. Like, so yeah, even that's just, that's just how it works. For going to the component and actually seeing how this is actually a human being and should be treated like one, should be treated like a child from a child to a grown adult. This is the reason why Nigerians don't have a lot of businesses that are 50 years old and 30 yeah, years old. True. Because they don't like from a baby to whatever. They treat, just open the business, do this, do that, they leave the business to be. We have irresponsible yeah. business. Oh, so, yeah, business is actually, yeah, it's actually from a child to a grown adult because you have to keep training it and growing it. Always be there. You have to be the parent figure there. You don't just leave your business at two, three years. The child is not, he's not, not gone anywhere yet. He hasn't gone anywhere. You're just going to lose. Oh, boy. So, my last question for you is about a brand that lacks this component. 
can it still be considered as just a business or what is it going to be considered as? I don't want to rate them down. But if they are not there yet, uh, they can still be there. It's just for them to get back to the dream board. At least whoever is going to be listening to this podcast now from anywhere, by now you should be able to know where you are in your business. You should know your current standpoint and you should also know actions what you should take yeah. to move forward. Yeah. So now I'm not going to rate you down. You're doing well. But okay. there's room for improvement. There's room for improvement. So wherever you are, this podcast, this episode should be things that can help you understand where you are now and where you are going to and the things you should route yourself through as a startup for foundational things. Think of this like building a skyscraper. Know how deep your foundation should be and that should be what should guide you in creating these core systems that's going to guide your business and your operations for life. A brand that lacks its components will not last. Is it scalable? No. <laughs> Yeah, no, okay. sincerely, you can't scale businesses like that. The reason why I said you can't scale, I'm going to be talking mm. now as a, like an investor. Okay. Okay. No business can scale without mm. some level of investment. Yeah. Either a bank is investing on you through a loan or some mm-hmm. investor just gives you money one way and then you scale. And the mm. only reason why you can have access to that amount of revenue to scale is because mm. you have a structure that is trusted or a system that they have tested and that this system can actually uplift the owner. So they can trust it to say, I'm going to invest in this. So if you don't mm. have it, you're not scaling. If you go to any bank to collect a loan, they'll ask for your business plan. Yeah. They want to check like you have a system in place that can span itself. If it can't, they don't give you the resources to help scale. Scaling is not in the operations. Let's get that right. Scaling is not mm-hmm. because you did marketing or you did advertisement or you have good products. Scaling is 100% financial. Okay. So it's how to get the money. That is why most banks are giving out loans. That's why Bank of Industry exists to help this scale. Because it's money involved. If you are ready for scaling, you should be ready to bring in investors, to bring in partners, to begin to sign deals that I'm going to get probably $5 billion from you and I'm going to run the business like this, like this, with this structure, with this system. And by estimated number of time of this period, we're going to be making a total revenue of this. From this revenue, the profit margin will be this. From the profit margin, you'll be getting this particular percentage on the investment you made. Mm. That's where the scaling starts. From. Those things you are doing are the things mm. that's going to build structure and build the reliability for you. So that when you are talking to these people who wants to help you scale because they have the financial resources, it becomes mm. easy for them to commit it to because they yeah. have seen your results. Yes, but yes. then if you don't have these core structures in place, sorry, you cannot scale it. What's up today? What's it up without? And I got a lot from this podcast. Uh, you know, we always say that a brand is a person. You have to treat like your business as a person. But looking at how it intertwines with all these uh, other components, and everything from the start to the finish it's phenomenal looking at it this way and i hope you're able to get a lot from this and i hope that you put together what you need to do what your next steps are see building a strong brand is an ongoing process that needs constant refinement and adjusting however for your brand to be successful and reach an, um, an audience long term you have to have the right brand components all these components are included when you are doing your brand strategy so if you're starting from the beginning your brand company or your brand developer has to, you have to make sure all, they have to have all these things in place because it's going to help you on the long end. You don't have to bombard yourself with all these things now when you're starting out or you're in your restructuring. You can outsource it out to your brand developer or a brand agency to do it. Since you know what is needed for your company, you can communicate to them and maximize this component when you're reaching out to your audience because this is what helps you in the long term. So if you don't know how to start, you don't know where to start, you can message us at Academy at gmail.com. We'll be happy to help. 
You can also reach our supporter for this podcast, Divan Agency, at divan.com.ng. And they are a brand agency, so they will be able to put you through, through the whole process. Thank you for joining me this week. I'll be back next week with more information. And next week, we'll be talking about doing brand position the right way. So I know for this episode, we are not able to talk about everything in depth. But going forward, I'm bringing out each component and explaining them on how you can um, align them better with your brand. So next week, we'll be talking about doing brand position in the right way. See, you can't miss it. You do not want to miss this. You do not want to miss it. So have a great week ahead and God bless you. And I'll see you again next week. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Follow if you haven't followed. You can show some love. We want to get to feel your two cents. So just drop a review, subscribe to our channel and stay tuned. Join the conversation, join our social media channels. All of them are linked in the podcast description. So join the communities. In our community, we talk every day. So even if we come here and talk once in a week, in our community, we talk every day. And if you're into Clubhouse, we would love to have you there. And this is Sharon Alfred saying, ciao, take care.